The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. Business Unusual is brought to you by Workforce Staffing. How does one turn disruption into innovation by using Workforce Staffing's scalable and agile staffing solutions? And welcome to Colin Cullis on this uh, Wednesday evening. Gaming and how it is impacting workers, how it is impacting businesses. Colin Cullis. Yeah, Bruce, and, and it goes to that idea of staffing, that the people you put in your companies create products, those products affect the people you market them to, which affects those people and how they do other things in the world. And this is sort of a, a mashup. It's a little bit rambly because I haven't, you know, there's no hard and fast that says, aha, that's how it all works. But if I can plot a couple of little dots and then for us to track this for the next couple of years and to see if this was the point where we either get to say, here's where we should have been taking a bit more note, or here was the point at which we need to do an intervention, or here's where we just overreacted, everything was fine, and people created a bit of a, a, a bit of noise unnecessarily. And I'm going to anchor it on uh, the most recent situation facing Facebook. Uh, they're not unique, but I think a lot of people are aware that Facebook finds itself in a position now where they've created a product uh, that was intended to simply connect people, to make them engaged and and, and give them a, a way to see what's happening in other people's lives and uh, see what's happening in the world. And for all to be quite a positive thing, but didn't quite work out that way. And in part, uh, you know, they are a company, so they have to, like all companies, uh, deliver on growth and uh, growth on its own wouldn't be much. So you've got to deliver some finances in return to that as well. Uh, but growth of money, that's that's not uh, an easy thing to deliver. So the game that they're actually in is one of attention, like most of us. In fact, radio is a game of attention too. And that attention allows you to be exposed to more ads, and that's how they make the money. Uh, but you're not looking at ads. You're focusing on something else. And it's this idea of gamification, which is by no means a new term, but it is now starting to become, I think, so woven in with all of the things that just about every company is involved with that we've we've begun to no longer realize that there is a game being played here and and sometimes we don't know if we're the players or if we're the ones being played and so as i raise things and please jump in and and challenge me with elements of this it's where i i think we we should step back and just have a look and see maybe here's where we need to take some things into account let's start with with our generation because we're kind of the the middle uh, the swing generation, our older generations, our parents, etc., come from a world that was, you know, compliant and and ordered. People were expected to learn things a certain way. They were told there was right ways and wrong ways. Things were facts, and you just learned them, and that was it. You didn't look to upset the apple cart. You simply went with it. Now that's for the majority. Of course, there's always been outliers and mavericks, and for the most part, successful businesses have always been somebody who was not willing to accept the status quo and look to do something else. But for the majority, that was the case. Then it's our generation that had that as a, a big part, but we started you know, playing games. We started seeing what new gadgets, the digital information era could give us for access to things that we wouldn't have either got access to. And again, for, for our purposes, it was simple, basic games. And in playing those games, we become highly engrossed, not just the playing of the game, but the notion that games would try and get us to do things, challenges, uh, to get a reward. And if we could do that thing, uh, we'd want to do it again and keep doing it. And often the best reward would come if you found a way of doing something that nobody else had found before. If you could solve the problem in a creative way, rather than by saying the way you get there is go A, B, C, D, E, you you could you could uh, succeed. 
Uh, again, if you look at an older uh, version of that, you take a game like Monopoly. Originally, it was called The Game of Life, and it's a fascinating history. If anybody wants to go and have a look at that one. Um, but Monopoly gets us to act in a way that I don't think we'd normally say, yes, that's our best selves. We, we become quite horrible. We become ruthless. Uh, and you, you, you don't? Or you're remembering a couple of games where you... you no, no, you no, no. It's, I'm just, it, it, it's, it's the stuff that builds character in families. <clears throat> On the one hand, and I think there is that. This is I'm, I'm not trying to knock games here, but I'm, I'm trying to put them in a box to make sure that we're saying, when we're playing Monopoly, we're playing Monopoly. But when you handle your personal finances or your growth of your business the way you play Monopoly, then you've got trouble. And I'd imagine the same thing for the ardent Trivial Pursuit players back in the day when Trivial Pursuit was still the thing. You know, when did we ever care so much about information and facts that you'd be willing to really start massive arguments with people just because you did or didn't say something that may have or may have not been on the card? So anyway, that, that's, that's the element there. If we could apply that, that kind of attention, that kind of uh, engagement in our, in our real lives, well, companies would certainly see the benefit of being able to get you hooked that way. And younger generations who started playing games started to see how that thinking actually was to their advantage. So now they grow up and they start joining uh, the likes of our generation in the workforce, and you start seeing this uh, strange dynamic at play. Our generation may have been a bit more staid in our thinking and saying, well, this is the way we've always done it, and you know, you just got to fit in, this is how it works. And they're sort of looking to, to find an alternative. They're looking to try things and not minding failing. Uh, one of the things I think that is a massive bit that's still going to have to get settled in businesses is the degree to which staff can make mistakes and recover from them versus you get it right or you're out of here. Uh, and I'm still unsure as to exactly where you draw that line. But I imagine for those who are following Facebook's outage on Monday, somebody did something without really understanding just how big an implication it may have. And they figured, well, if it did go wrong, I will just do something else and then correct it. Unfortunately, it appears the thing they did prevented them from being able to correct it. And half the world went, uh, you know, went dark. So, so that is the kind of challenge that you have in a, in, a, in a modern workplace where you've got ways of solving things that might not necessarily always be the right way to solve it. It's just a way to solve it. And again, using the Facebook comparison now, uh, they, are, they are looking to try and create so-called uh, meaningful social interactions. And they're looking for the kind of content that would give you the reason to stay engaged in the people you're talking to, with the subject matters that you're uh, enjoying uh, or, or, or posting about the, the subjects that you, you feel strongly about. But in doing so, you're becoming so invested that you, you sort of start losing yourself a little bit. You start becoming over-invested. So when somebody uh, says something that perhaps you disagree with, you don't just say, okay, interesting point. You really want to start climbing in there. Or even worse, you start thinking that unless you're posting or commenting or, 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 or sharing or, or saying something, uh, that somehow you're not, you know, you're not, you're not really doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're not feeling quite fulfilled in doing that. Now, the Facebook uh, elements that they've been discussing at the moment related specifically to Instagram. It's, it's very much a, a visual-based sort of system. Uh, and particularly then how it's affecting uh, younger people. In, in this case, it was particularly girls, women. Uh, and the notion that saying, if you're not posting pictures, and if you're not posting the kind of pictures that others would want to, uh, you know, compliment you for and say, that looks amazing, which is kind of a, an unattainable goal for most, then it starts leaving you feeling sort of worse off about yourself. And, and the way you'd think is, well, then stop doing it. But that's not how we work. Because the hit we get of positivity when somebody does like a post is, is so much more compelling than simply saying, well, then I won't use it. And, and the thing perhaps that maybe parents miss sometimes because they're not necessarily that engaged, although these days I imagine a lot of parents are as engaged on those sorts of platforms, is that it's not that easy to walk away when basically everybody you know is doing the same thing. 
So there's the next element that starts becoming uh, slightly problematic with, with how these things start interacting. Uh, and again, as, as the gaming techniques, or as the gamification was looking to say, let's find those techniques that help people uh, become more engaged uh, and work, work more diligently to try and solve the problem. We get to the point where we're saying, we're so effective at this now, they're not really telling when they're playing or when they'll be starting to get sort of addicted. They, they, they can't help themselves. They're becoming dependent. And, and that I don't think any company would want to say, we love our customers who are loyal and love us and are completely, you know, they, they, can't, they can't live without us. That, that I don't think most companies would want to say. But that, whether they know it or not, is kind of what, they, what they're doing. But maybe perhaps I get down the road of, of just how bad these things have gotten. Let me just remind you that there are some very positives around gaming and why we, we should look to retain it uh, for ourselves as, as adults and still have children have a certain amount of time with it. Uh, there was a, um, a, a new neurologist researcher who specifically wanted to quantify, well, what impact does games actually have? A lot of people have made anecdotal references or said it's terrible for kids or it's wonderful kids. And, and she went to go and measure specifically what it does. And she found that people who play games, she was looking specifically at action games, is that their ability to track subjects, because you're looking at lots of things on the screen, improved, something we're not generally good at as humans, um, and their ability to see actually improved. Now, arguably, seeing things up close at a, at a certain range and, and looking at detail is what improved. So perhaps you might say, well, your long-term distance may still uh, be compromised, but, but she was looking at what visual acuity, what did it do to visual acuity, and there she saw an improvement. It also showed that uh, people who have this ability, this hyper-attention and focus, were probably going to be a bit better if they were faced with having to do a task, remain focused on the task, and get it done, particularly when they could equate the task with a similar thing like a clear goal, steps to follow, or, or options to choose for how to resolve to do that. The rest of us might have said, oh, I don't know how to do this, and kind of give up. Whereas the game sort of mentality and the game sort of practice gets you to a, to a, to a sense to say, I can do this, and you keep working at it until you succeed. Now, the other potential positive that comes from that is this notion of confidence and persistence, something that you would typically say is great to see in somebody if they're going to if they're going to say you know what I'm not that good at it now but I'm going to keep working until I get there uh, and the, the flip side of that and here we have examples in the likes of a company like a Theranos where they they didn't have the finished product but they had a great idealistic goal can we you know from a tiny drop of blood do all of these amazing tests possibly one day we will crack that problem but in their case, they hadn't cracked the problem and they didn't say, look, sorry, we, we, we couldn't do it. It's going to take us much longer. We're not going to be this billion dollar company. Uh, let's, let's face up. They basically got themselves into a corner that said, if we admit this now, it's all over. So let's not admit it. Let's keep yeah. going down that path until basically somebody else said, look, you're putting lives in danger. You have to be stopped. And again, there's a little bit of a parallel here again for me with Facebook, because as the whistleblower was testifying, she was saying that there isn't a... Um, an intention to cause harm. It's just that when you are dealing with things at such big scale and so much content is going out and the reliance is not on having more people uh, to moderate content than there are people posting. It's to rely on machines to hopefully find the banned content fast enough and effectively enough that it kind of removes it. And that's not really possible. I don't think it's ever really going to be possible, in which case Facebook will have to step away from being able to say this is even possible for us to do it all. Now jumping back into the actual game things, because there's a rise in games, particularly mobile games, uh, that for most people seems like a great deal. The games are free and they give us this very simple little thing. Do this thing for a little while and then your character will improve somehow or you'll get more of whatever resource it is and then you can build a bigger this or, or create a better that. 
Some of them follow the idea of, you know, actual business simulations. You're building a business, you're growing a farm. In fact, the big one back in the day for Facebook was a thing called Farmble. And you'd simply sit there waiting for your vegetables to grow and you harvest <laughs> yeah, vegetables and that. all of that stuff. And before you realize it, though, hours go by and you kind of think, um, it felt rewarding, but you did nothing. There's surely better things for you to spend your time on. And this is where the, the games become problematic. So that there's those grind games, which are these days called pay-to-win games, because, of course, they offer you a little inducement either by watching ads or by paying. You buy money, and then they give you some other currency of sorts that says, well, now you don't have to wait 20 minutes for that thing to happen. It'll happen in 20 seconds. Just pay us a little bit of money. And because you're now so keen to get this thing done, you wind up paying, and you wind up paying way more for a silly game that you thought, oh, well, there was a free game. What, what could be the problem? Much more than you pay for a top-end, very expensive game, simply because they're taking it away from you in little, little bits. And if you think then about how uh, the betting companies have grown, and not calling themselves gambling in the, in the old sense of the word, because the bets that you place are turned more and more into games because every sport that you can imagine is broken down into all sorts of small things. So a, a rugby match is not who wins, who loses. It's how long before they sub a player, who will score the first points, how long will they be able to run, and any number of things that somebody can, can throw at you. So if you can choose your favorite player or a particular stat that you like or how many red cards there might be, and you think, you know, just as a bit of fun with somebody, you'll start playing those things. And before you know it, you're betting on just about everything. So that is some of the, the, the components that go into this. And the really crazy ones get us now to the metaverses and this notion of NFT traded games. Uh, Axie Infinity is probably the best known one at the moment by some valuations, $3 billion company that requires you to go and spend your money, except in cryptocurrencies, uh, to raise and create these funny little cartoonish characters, spend time with them so that they supposedly increase in value so you can trade them, sell them, and breed more. It's ludicrous. It is dumb. There is no future in it. But people are spending a lot of money and are likely to continue to do so, building businesses that a lot of people might say, well, this is the future and this is what we want to do. And so hopefully this is an inflection point for us to say, considering Facebook, considering betting and how much and how common it is, who is going to be there to help us say, when do we step back and say that's enough? And when are there somebody saying, who's up for a great game of Monopoly? <laughs> Colin Cullors, Business Unusual on a Wednesday evening.